Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock, and that means it's time for Tim with Tim. Uh, it's Monday morning. It's the start of a new week. Uh, I appreciate you guys giving me the freedom to take last week uh, off from Tim with Tim. Uh, I was uh, at uh, Jonathan Creek Camp Crossings with uh, two different sessions of camp, two different uh, big groups of teenagers, and I had so much fun. Uh, and probably this morning, uh, I've got new followers from uh, the, from the different weeks of camp, and uh, thank you. Join us. Uh, we just go verse by verse through God's Word each day, Monday through Friday. I'm live at 10 most days, uh, but uh, you don't have to be live with me. Most of you are going to discover that. You can, you can find these broadcasts wherever you find audio or video, podcasts, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, wherever you want to be. I'm just glad you're with me. Stay in the Word of God. Stay with me. And we'll do this together. You make me smarter. You make me work harder. And, and I love you guys. Uh, I love you so much. Let's pick up in Isaiah chapter 11. That's where we left off. You remember? Isaiah chapter 11. We'll do two chapters today. Verses, uh, chapters 11 and 12. Uh, to start chapter 11, you've really got to go back. And I know I'm stretching your brain. It's been a week. But I go back to the way chapter 10 ended. And it says that the Lord of heaven's armies is going to chop down the mighty tree of Assyria. Now, that's just important. Uh, we're talking about God's ultimate victory, his deliverance of his people, uh, the end of the suffering and punishment of God's people, uh, and that is the, the defeat of Assyria, the enemy nation that has functioned in that punishing of God's people. Now, he cuts down Assyria, the mighty tree of Assyria, but then notice in chapter 11, verse 1, out of the stump of David's family, you know, so you've got these, uh, these images of two nations that have been toppled. Uh, Israel has been destroyed by Assyria, destroyed by God's wrath. So now, you know, the first image here is this stump where Assyria was and this stump where Israel was out of the stump of David, the stump of David's family. Uh, so, so this is the picture, but something amazing happens uh, at the beginning of chapter 11. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, you know, a branch. So we thought it was a dead stump, you know. We thought it was dead, but it's coming back to life, and, and that's the promise here. It looked like Israel was gone. It looks like David's family was erased, but out of that death, out of that disappearance, out of that defeat, uh, is this whole new beginning, a new beginning uh, that comes from the power of God. I, I just love that. I love that so much. So again, uh, Assyria is cut down like a tree. We start with this dead stump, which uh, looks like Israel, but again, God starts something brand new. And then reading chapter 11, what I want you to notice is the way that the truth is revealed. The promise is revealed by these uh, paradoxical images. So paradox is like you know two things that in some ways you think can't be true at once, but they are. It's a paradox. So again, we have a dead stump, but a branch, you know, or we have a, a, a lamb or a lion, you know, a lamb and a wolf, you know, or a child and a nest of snakes, you know? So it's that kind of picture. You keep putting these two things that's like, no, those don't go together you know, in the world we know, but that's the point. This is not the world you know. This is the world of the Messiah. This is the world that, uh, this, that, that the Spirit of the Lord is gonna bring by the one who comes from David's family. We're talking about Christ. All of this is fulfilled in the life and ministry of Jesus. He is the Messiah. He is the one that comes out of David's family, the, the, the shoot, the new branch that grows out of David's family. 
so notice several things here. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirits of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and, and on it goes. We're talking about this real and lasting peace here. And as dark and dismal as some of Isaiah's prophecies have been about the coming destruction and darkness that's about to overtake Judah and the people of God, uh, what is amazing here is this um, uh, breathtaking, beautiful promise of this coming uh, eternal peace. It's not just a season. Uh, it, it is the final and ultimate peace that will come when the Prince of Peace uh, sets up his reign. You understand that? And so this true peace only really comes through Jesus, and, and, and that's the point. Wouldn't it be nice, though? Uh, I mean, you know, uh, for you and me, conflict is so much a part of our everyday lives that we don't even think so much that, that that real peace would be possible. I mean, at this point, we are so used to war in Ukraine that it doesn't even make the news at night. People die, bombs explode, and buildings are destroyed, lives are destroyed, and, and, and we're not even interested. You know, war is so much a part of our nightly news or not a part of the nightly news because it's not even news, you know, that there are, you know, some sort of... Uh, uh, death squads, you know, in uh, Sudan, you know, or Cambodia. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. Colombia, uh, that there's never peace in the Middle East, you know, that there are terrorists and insurrectionists and, and improvised explosive devices going off in, you know, markets and restaurants and public places. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And, and this is a world we live in. Wouldn't it be nice if somehow... We could have peace, I mean, finally peace, and, and all of that conflict, all of that war, all of the bloodshed, no more sons and daughters fighting in wars, you know, and no more, I mean, wouldn't that be nice? But, but, but if we couldn't have peace in the whole world, like, what about just in the United States? Like, 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 what if, you know, like all the political parties just, you know, called a truce, and what if we stopped lying about each other and calling each other the devil, and what if we stopped with all the insane conspiracy theories about the other side and what if we stopped acting like the other side you know don't love their children too i mean what if we just stopped acting like you know the democrats and the republicans you know are are, are not you know citizens of the you know self-same country i mean you know what if somehow we just stopped all this fighting and we all started just you know putting the country first i mean you know I mean, if we can't have peace in the whole world, but well, why not just peace in the United States, you know, peace in our own country? And if we can't have that, you know, what, what if you just have peace in your family? I mean, I mean, this image of peace is beautiful in chapter 11, but what, what good is it if you can't even go one week, you know, as a married couple without the two of you being, if, if you could get through one week without being in an argument with your own wife, you know, I mean, that would be nice. Or, or if you could get this upcoming vacation to the beach with your family without a blow up, without, without somebody losing their temper, somebody losing their mind, you know, I mean. Wouldn't that be nice? You know, if you can't have peace in your family, what if you could just have peace in your own skin? Like, like what if you could look in the mirror and not somehow always find something to criticize? Like, what if you could talk to yourself like you were a friend to yourself and not your own worst enemy? What if you, you know, stop doing the things that you know are destroying yourself? What if you could just learn how to rest and, and worship? And what if you could learn how to eat right and exercise? I mean, you know... Like, what if you could just close your eyes at night and go to sleep without Ambien 
or without the TV on or, or without some need to drown out the voice in your head. You know, what if, what if you could just have peace and calm in your own skin? I mean, you understand, I mean, this is really what this boils down to. All these impossible images, the wolf and the lamb living together, the leopard lying down with the baby goat, the calf and the yearling, the little child, you know, right there in the middle of the wild animals, the cow, the bear, the cub, the calf, the lion's going to just chew its cud like a cow because there's no more killing. There's no more bloodshed. And the baby, you know, taking up a cobra and rattling it, you know, like a toy. I mean, you know, this is the image of the peace that the Prince of Peace brings. But man, that idea of a real and lasting peace, you know, that, that would cover the earth is something so impossible for us to understand because we can't even have peace in a room by ourselves. You know, God help us. We really, really need Jesus. And this is one of the prophecies that talks about the peace that he will bring. I love it. Verse nine, nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain for as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. This isn't just a promise or a prophecy or a beautiful picture, y'all. This is a description of a moment in your life. You're going to live to see it and you're going to be there. Uh, just notice here at the end of chapter 11, these two different oracles, and both of them pertain once more to the remnant. I just want to keep illustrating and emphasizing to you that Isaiah sees the remnant. God is going to destroy uh, and punish his people, but at the same time, not completely. And there will be a remnant of those who will represent Israel going forward. This is always the way God works with Israel. It's never the fact that all of Israel is saved. And when Paul, later in the book of Romans, says that all Israel will be saved, Paul also is drawing upon Isaiah's notion of a remnant. It's going to be those who survive, those who are faithful. God will always, you know, take the few who are faithful and, and, and build his kingdom with them, you know. In chapter 12, uh, moving forward, it's just beautiful. It's just this beautiful, beautiful song of praise in the middle of the prophecy, and I love it. You are anger with me, O Lord, but not anymore. Now you comfort me. Oh, I, I love that. The Lord God has given me uh, victory. He is my strength and my song. Sing to the Lord for he has done wonderful things. Make known his praise around world. I love that. Chapter 12 is beautiful. Great is the Holy One of Israel who lives among you. Yeah, I love that. One last thing for all of you animal lovers, and, and I'm talking to myself there. I love the picture of heaven in chapter 11, which just has it full of animals. Man, I'm telling you, it wouldn't be heaven without animals. You know, I'm, I'm just an animal guy. You know, I've been at camp, you know, for, you know, kind of two weeks and I miss my wife, but you know, when I got home, uh, you know, I, I think I got a kiss from my dog first, <laughs> in case you wasn't home, to be fair. But yeah, I, I kind of went home just because I knew I, I was going to see my dog, you know. My wife and my dog are kind of the two best things I got going on earth here. Uh, people always ask, you know, what, like, will my pets be in heaven, you know? I know there are animals in heaven, and I know that the animal kingdom of eternity is going to be uh, more... Uh, infinitely diverse and more infinitely abundant than anything you've ever known on earth. Everything in heaven is, uh, is at least a million times more perfect and beautiful than anything you've ever seen on earth. You know, so uh, there are animals. Animals are a part of the heavenly kingdom. Uh, as for whether or not, you know, all of my guinea pigs and hermit crabs and uh, see, when y'all say our, our pets will be in heaven, y'all don't know all the pets. I mean, I've had a possum before, and I don't know. You know, if they're in heaven, am I going to have to change their, their cages? You know, am, am I still going? 
you know, you know, because that's a lot. You ever had a hamster? I mean, they're fun uh, for a while, and then you know, whoo, you know, I, I don't, I'm like changing those cages for all eternity, y'all. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of hoping not, you know, to be honest. Uh, uh, just to be honest, Scripture is silent on the matter of whether or not your pets will be in heaven. That Scripture is silent. As much as I have always loved my animals, as much as I love my 15-year-old dog, Augie, right now, and I tell you, that dog is old. She's blind. Uh, she's deaf, and she's as close to, you know, uh, heaven as a dog can be. But I don't really think she'll be there, y'all, to be honest. That's just me. Um, this is the thing. It's what sets us apart from the animals. You know, we have a soul. We're created in God's image and as glorious and wonderful as the creatures God has made can be. They're not human. I know, I know, your cat talks. I know that's what you think, but, um, but they're not human. And, 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 and this, is what, this is the way God has chosen to crown human beings with his glory. Uh, so again, yeah, we love our animals very, very much. And there will be animals in heaven. You have new pets in heaven. Um, but I just, like I said, I, I don't know, man. I've had so many animals. I loved every one of them. And at one point I prayed, you know, that I would, they'd all be in heaven for me. But heaven's so much better than anything we can ask for or imagine. We just always kind of hope that it'll have all the pleasures of earth minus all the harm of earth. But uh, again, I has not seen or ear heard or the human mind conceived what God has prepared for us in heaven, you know, so... Anyway, if that makes you mad, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say so. If you want to believe that your pets will be there, then then uh, then you can change the, all the cages. All right, <laughs> we'll make that your job. I love you guys so much. Uh, I love you. Uh, thanks again for last week off. It, it helped me a great bit. Uh, we're on now. So I'll see you in the morning. Ten o'clock for Tim with Tim. I'll be in Isaiah chapter thirteen. Okay, just chapter thirteen in the morning. So Lord willing, I'll see you. I love you guys so much. Have a great Monday.